0: You better say your prayers, you flea-bitten varmint! I'm-a-gonna blow you to smithereens.
1: And welcome to Geek Salad, our supersized episode, episode three... Form of an eagle. Shape of an icicle.
2: My God, Zan had the worst power in The Twins.
1: Yes. Yes, he did. Oh, God. I'm Andy. And I'm Mike. And we're going to be talking for the next um, hour plus about Saturday morning cartoons. we got a lot to cover. A little bit of backstory on how we actually prepare this show for anybody who is an aspiring podcast maker like ourselves. It's behind the scenes. of Mike and Andy. <laughs> what we do is uh, I come up with our subject come up with about what about a week in advance
2: yeah just to come up with some ideas just to see what we want to do and then try to come up with a bunch of things that we're going to talk about break it
1: down have a good time what i do is once we we, we've established that idea i start writing out topics to talk about Mm -hmm. usually and i'm just using a piece of dictation spiral pad here usually i'll fill about one page totally just one line one page good to go I actually filled both columns of that page with nothing but Saturday morning cartoons. I'll tell you, those writing classes just pay
2: off. Oh, the tell outlining me it. and all
1: that stuff—it just pays off. That college money was well spent. spent. Uh, yes. yes. Um, and the funny thing is, that I left the list out, and I would go to the bathroom or go fix myself something to eat, and I would come back and I'd see other notes on there, like "Get Along Gang" or "Dungeons and Dragons." So, uh, we've got a whole lot of input on this episode, uh, thanks to our loyal listeners Absolutely. and to, um, and just to the people at home. And keep in mind, the best ideas do come from the bathroom. Anyway, um, our, our topic today, of course, is Saturday Morning Cartoons. We're just going to get right into it, because we just have a shitload yes. of things to talk it's about. It's just too much. Oh, good lord. So, um, the reason why we're doing this before I, before I even start is it's simple. You cannot find Good Saturday Morning Cartoons on the networks anymore. No, not at all. I mean if you look at the cartoons now, they're mostly on the Fox
2: Channel, CW channel, and if you have cable, they're on like the Toon Disney and all those Toon Channels that you have like in the two hundreds if you have Comcast or whatever Direct T V Dish Network. So most of those cartoons it's not like four, five or seven anymore. It's most of that's just news
1: or just other things. Yeah, and what, what I found is is that there's nothing that really differentiates a Saturday morning cartoon from a cartoon you'd watch time during the week. Right. There's no difference between them. And I even remember when we were kids...
2: They would even have like those days where um, you know, like the night before, you could like you know watch some special at night on four five or seven to kind of preview every cartoon that was coming on that
1: morning. It was like Thursday or Friday night, and I remember that was those were great times. Well, those are great because they'd bring stay the, up late. They'd bring the stars of their networks out to talk about cartoons. So, uh, oh, yes. while I'm pretty sure that Roscoe P. Coltrane didn't have a problem talking about cartoons. Uh, Some of the non-English speaking members of the Los Angeles Dodgers World Series champions of 1981 did. And don't forget, at one point,
2: Tony Danza did it. He introduced the Ewoks to us and that was pretty much a sad day.
1: Yes, yes indeed. Um, So, our criteria is, is very simple. The shows we're talking about today were broadcast exclusively for Saturday morning viewing... And they were only on Saturday mornings. They may have gone to syndication later on. They may have been shown during the weekdays later on. But if it didn't originate on a Saturday, um, we're we're really not going to talk about it. However, there is one exception. This will bring us into one of the cartoons that I just remember watching as far back as I can remember my TV viewing habits. Has been Looney Tunes. Ah, uh, Looney Tunes. You, you, can't, you can't go through anything without having Looney Tunes. You can't go wrong with Looney Tunes. Absolutely. I
2: remember it was the Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner Hour, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like all oh, these. Those are
1: great. It was phenomenal. I mean, we, we really don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about it because no. I don't think anybody listening to this has ever not watched an episode of Bugs Bunny. Whether you're or 10 Road or runner. 60. Absolutely. And... Uh, I, I did love the fact that they did a statistical check on this a few years ago that, for the most part, most people have learned opera thanks to Bugs Bunny and Elmer Foote. That's great. And I teach music, and I've even used it in my
2: classes from time to time. I even showed, uh, in one of my classes, the um, the Barber of Seville. Yeah. Um, you know, the Barber of Seville is great. You know, R- you know Rossini. Yeah. Kids love that one. You know,
1: that's one of my favorite cartoons, too. I think it's one of the best Bugs Bunny ones of all time, my personal opinion. And they even made reference of it on 30 Rock. Yep. With Liz's uh, ringtone being Wagner and the only reason why she had it was because it was the kill the rabbit theme ah yes (laughs) so uh, getting aside from Looney Tunes uh, Mike what were some of your favorite cartoons um
2: I don't know I mean I had too many to count I mean I think one of the definite ones that I liked was you know we had the Spider-Man and his amazing friends oh absolutely that was a great cartoon um that's where we actually was first introduced to Firestar
1: yes exactly she was written exclusively
2: for the cartoon right and then of course Iceman former X-Men mm mhm and you know, then of course you know they all met each other, and Spider-Man figured out who they were, and then that's how they formed each other.
1: And they all lived together in one big apartment. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so Aunt May, and what was the dog's name? Oh, Miss Lion. Miss Lion. Yes. yes. Yeah. And Stan Lee would introduce every episode, which, as much as I have all the gratitude in the world for 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 Stan Lee and what he has done for comic bookdom. Man, what a tool. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even... I can't even begin to say it. Every time it was like, hello, true believers. And you just and go then, right into the spiel. Blah, 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 blah. Excelsior! Um, the one thing I really loved about Spider-Man and his amazing friends was that they introduced us to a lot of characters that if you're reading the comic books, you'll be able to find, but they weren't really like kind of mass consumption right. characters. Uh, for the most part they did introduce the world to the X-Men.
2: Absolutely. I remember there was a few, epi- was a few episodes of the X-Men, yeah. like two or three. There was like an X-Men adventure. There was other ones where Firestar went back to see them and Iceman went back because apparently Firestar was an X-Men we didn't know about until because she, she was created for that. But um, those were
1: fun. Those were actually my favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing, and I, anybody who was listening to this who just kind of nodding their head right now going, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I know
2: where you're going with this. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, it's funny, too, because I'd heard this on uh, the Fanboys podcast. Yep. A, few, a few months ago, they had done an episode on the Super Friends and Sp- uh, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends. And they brought up Australian Wolverine. Oh, no. Here's, here's the funny thing about that. When you think about it, 20, what, 18 years, 20 years after that episode had aired uh, with Australian Wolverine, they cast an Aussie to play... To play Wolverine. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, and the, the one line that will survive the nuclear holocaust will be sitting there with Keith Richards and the cockroaches. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I believe we have a clip of that. We do have a clip of that. The. Hey, um, you want a piece of fruit? Oh, God, it was awful. How you doing? Want a piece of fruit? Yeah. And the
2: funny thing was... Later on, they were making that Pride of the
1: X-Men cartoon, and they still stuck with the Australian voice. Yeah, they had updated the costume at that point to the brown costume, which I think around 89, he had actually gone back to the yellow costume. Yeah. And, um, and that was even worse. That was right. that was just even worse, because they, they continued to include Firestar in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hmm this, Uh, at this point, they had also had Dazzler.
2: Oh, whose yeah. Whose power
1: is light. Yep. yep. Um... And then after about a year or two after Spider-Man, they had teamed up the episode, as they did with a lot of shows during the 70s and 80s with the kind of And Friends moniker. Yep. They teamed him up with the Hulk. Oh, the Incredible Hulk. I remember that. That was – actually, it wasn't
2: a bad cartoon. It really was pretty good. The only thing that I think a lot of people might remember if you watched that cartoon was when Bruce would change back from the Hulk to Bruce Banner – the funny thing was, when he magically changed back, his clothes were magically in one piece again. He wasn't like in just, you know,
1: the torn purple shirt, you know, pants. I yeah. thought that was kind of weird, so... I did find it funny, though, that even in 1982, he was wearing purple pants, which I usually know. results in an ass-kicking. Even in the 90s, he was wearing the purple pants. <laughs> That's Hulk, that one. Hulk loves him some purple pants. Absolutely. Um, another one that I really loved was Pee Wee's Playhouse. That was a great show. I loved that show. It was loved one the of the last shows that I watched on Saturday mornings because by the time it came come out I was already in high school I had a job so I'd miss a lot of them we tried to videotape as many as possible yep um, it's just amazing how well the show holds up because if you, if you watch any of the old 1950's kind of comedy cavalcade shows yep uh, geared towards kids It was very similar to that Yeah It had a very distinct Retro feel to it I think what it
2: was Was too It was it had like a simple Message too And actually There was some intera- Interactive stuff You could actually You know Pee Wee Would actually show you Things you could do at home Right And that's And that's what made it fun I think the characters Were really fun You know he interacted With all those funny characters you know, everybody was either Cherry or a Clocky or a Terry. I think everybody had a Y at the end of their name.
1: Right. And I also love the fact that it was really the first time I was watching a children's show that was winking to the adults. Yeah. There's there's this great bit where he's talking to Cowboy Curtis, who was played by Lawrence Fishburne. Ah, wow, Larry Fishburne. Yes, exactly. Sorry, Morpheus. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Cowboy Curtis had gotten a new pair of boots. And Wee looks down on him and goes, wow, those are really big boots. And he... Cowboy Curtis looks at him and goes. You know what they say about guys with big boots, right? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> big socks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget also, Phil Hartman was on that as Phil well. Phil Hartman was on that. Captain yeah. Captain Carl. Yeah, it was. It was just. A, it was a great show. Yeah. Um, it, it still has a following. Mm. Um. You know, and it's unfortunate that you get killed after the whole people jerking pee-wee, yeah. off in a. Uh, in a Miami porno theater. I think
2: that could have gone a few more years if that hadn't happened. Exactly. I mean, because if you think about it, that was really kind of the peak of his whole career. That show really took him off. I mean, he had that other Pee-wee Herman show on HBO and that
1: was kind of like a take-up but more of an adult. It was an adult version. It's actually what the the HBO show is actually what Pee-wee's Playhouse was based on. Right. And they had kind of Dumbed it down a little bit more For kids yeah. It was like basically The Pee Wee Herman show Junior Yeah But it wasn't Dumbed down
2: too much It was just enough That adults could still enjoy it But yet the kids got it Exactly And
1: that's what was great about it They wouldn't allow them To have the mirrored shoes Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What else Oh what else We have oh, Muppet Babies Oh I love Muppet Babies Muppet Babies were
2: great I love Muppet Babies I remember uh, Some of the great episodes They had When they, um, when they would did like You know do, like, TV shows and things like that. Their imagination parts are always the best parts. Yeah.
1: I, I I did wonder why they felt the need to include a Skeeter character, though. Oh, Scooter's sister? Scooter's sister, exactly. Yeah, what it's, was the point of that? She's the fire star of that series. You know, she was written specifically for the cartoon.
2: Weren't there other characters that they could have probably put in there? I don't know if they could have put, you know, the eagle, you know, saying the eagle. But oh,
1: God. That would have been kind of
2: funny, but I think it would have probably been over some of the kids' heads.
1: Douchebag babies! <laughs>
2: But um, I remember later on, when they had a couple seasons, they added some rabbit. Oh, yeah. And the last, like, season. I don't even know who that character was. Yeah, that and was I, I believe
1: it was done after Henson had died. Oh, was it? I, I believe it was. Because yeah. that show ran forever.
2: It was on for, like, what, four
1: or five years. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I might be wrong, but. Yeah. I mean, it was. The one thing I did, I, I do take issue with Muppet Babies, was that they took what is inherently one of the coolest characters in Muppetdom, animals. And it was great. And really dumbed him down. Yeah. He was just, he was he was way too cute and cuddly. Mm-hmm. And instead, I mean, he's he, hes the Muppet version of Keith Moon. Oh, absolutely. Henson came out and admitted that. So to kind of turn him into just being the infant of the group. Yeah.
2: But at the same time, it did fit the character, because he was kind of the one that just basically spoke one word and answers. And I think for the kid's time, I think it fit. And the funny thing was, that Howie Mandel did the voice of... I found out Howie Mandel did the voice of Animal. Yeah, yeah,
1: Howie Mandel actually had a very lucrative career in voiceover work before uh, Deal or No Deal, yep. quite obviously. Bobby's he had World. his own show. He had Bobby's World, which is based on a character from yeah. his comic his comic routine.
2: He's grown a lot from his comic routine.
1: Mm,
0: well, yeah, so he's hosting a, a game point. show now. Yeah, but
2: he's not as like, what, 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 oh my this! I'm going to blow a point on a big you know, thing in my head, but that's another story.
1: That's, a, that's another episode. <laughs> so uh anything else? Uh oh there's another cartoon I loved and it was called The Mighty Orbots. Okay, this is then that's going to be a little bit after my time.
2: Well, okay, yeah, yeah it'll probably was cuz I'm a couple years younger than you, so I would still remember this one. And the Mighty Orbots were kind of like um there were like five robots, each robot had a personality. Like one was a big tough one, one could change shape, one was kind of the dummy that basically ate fo- ate metal, and there were two girls who were twins. And there was this one guy, his name was Rob, he was kind of like a scientist who created the Orbots. And he was, like, a dual identity, and he had this mm-hmm. other little one. And what happened was the Orbots could connect and form one big robot. And I remember the show was actually pretty good, but the problem was, I guess, apparently, the people that created Voltron had a big problem with it, and it got canceled after, like, 12, 13 episodes or something like that. So it's pretty sad to see, but I remember watching that cartoon. It was pretty cool. The animation was
1: good. That is really funny, too, because, I mean, it shows about vehicles that turned into robots were pretty much a dime a dozen at that point. Yeah, but this one looked like, because it was like five
2: robots that formed into one. Ah. And it looked, because they were all colorful, like the red one was the big guy in the middle. I mean, it didn't have like the Japanese five, but you know, we had like, you know, the two guys, one is the leader, the other was the gritty, and all that stuff. But it still had that thing, it was too close, and I guess at the time people got upset. Right, they had the fat guy, and the token woman. Yep. (laughs) But this one was only one guy, and he just Piloted all the robots. Yeah. So,
1: Um, finally on my list of stuff that we really loved, and this one I mean this goes without saying. We're comic book nerds, so we'd have to say this regardless of whether or not we actually like the show. Super Friends. Oh yeah. I mean you you can't go wrong with it, in theory. Right. <laughs> I well, mean, you got you got great guys. You get your mm-hmm. favorite superhero, Superman. Absolutely. Well, two what? of my favorites were right. right there. Green
2: Lantern, but he didn't show up until later. Much then, later. Yeah. But um. No, Superman was great. Then who else did we have? Batman. Batman. Uh, you had Robin,
1: of course, because you know yep. you need some kind of bait to uh, get kidnapped every episode. And basically, Casey Kasem had that high career of doing everybody's voiceover. So <laughs> you, had you had Wonder, Wonder Woman. Kasem. Yep. You had Wonder Woman. You had Aquaman, which I always I always found it funny that he made the final four. Yeah. On the on the original series, because they're carved of legend, and you got Superman, you got right. Batman, you got Wonder Woman, and you've got Aquaman. The only reason why I think they did that was because maybe when they had the old '60s cartoon,
2: they had a kind. Of, maybe there was something that they, they had to kind of keep him in there, even though he was lame. Maybe, maybe. I, I,
1: I don't think, know. I think it's more that, that when theory. they were when they were pitching the idea to the producers, um, they pretty much came up with this Aryan ideal. Yeah. That everyone was just kind of like, wow. He's white like us. Exactly. Let's he's, use him. And he's blonde. And um, the first set of sidekicks that the Super Friends had were Wendy and Marvin uh, and uh, Wonder Mutt. Yeah, Wonder. Yeah, it was wonder Wonder Mutt, Mutt I, think. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it's this just goes shows without shadow of doubt that somebody in the Legion of Superheroes is a pedophile.
0: Oh. There's no
1: way that you have you you have these super powered beings carved of legend as it were. And they're going to let this schlumpy teenager... And his kind of hot girlfriend, I think, or sister, or whatever it was. I don't know if they were related or not. Running around with bath towels, strapped strapped around their necks, running around trying to solve
2: crimes. And the t-shirt with their letters on them. Marvin had the M on his big shirt, you know, and it was awful. Oh, Oh,
1: yeah. Hey, come on over here. Sit on Uncle Superman's lap. So, and
2: I think a lot of people didn't like that. So, I remember after that first season when they finally started doing that...
1: They got rid of those characters. And they brought in, who I think are actually infinitely worse, Xan and Jana, And Gleek? And Gleek, the space monkey. Oh, God, the Wonder Twins. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they feel the need to have to interject a made-for-cartoon sidekick into any of this. The, right. These characters stand well on their own. And by the time that that the Wonder Twins had come in they had brought in Hawkman and Green Lantern right when
2: they brought in well I think the best incarnation of that show was the challenge of the Super Friends that made it actually a little more they kind of upped the ante a little bit because they brought in the Green Lantern my favorite they brought in the Flash Yep. they brought in Hawkman and then they brought in the Legion of Doom now you have Lex Luthor Gorilla Grodd the Toy Man Um, Bizarro The Cheetah I mean they brought in like All their enemies Sinestro Every single one of their bad guys So it was like Everybody had
1: their Legitimate arch villain Well they brought in Mr. Freeze too Which What I found funny About Mr. Freeze Was every time he would Have one of those Mad plans to freeze the world They'd show the earth
2: Wait a minute I don't think it was Mr. Freeze If I'm thinking about it It was Captain Cold
1: It was Captain Cold that was the
2: Flash One of Flash's guys Right Because Wait a minute He wasn't in that
1: Yeah but, yeah, every time he would have this mad thing to freeze the world, Captain Cold would freeze the world, they'd show a shot of the world, and then, like, icicles hanging off of the globe. Right. I mean, how are you going to pull
2: that off? I, uh. And, by the way, the sad thing that I remembered Captain Cold, this shows why we call ourselves Geek Salad. Yes. Because I'm a geek.
1: Yeah, the I, fact it, it, that you corrected me. We could have just gone with Mr. Freeze. I think I went uber geek there. <laughs> you did. I'm sorry. You did. That's okay. Um Around the dying throes of Super Friends, they decided that they wanted to get a little more PC. Just way too many white people yep. in the, um, the Justice League. So what oh, do yes. they do? They give you four characters that... Um, and this actually segues very nicely into our next segment. We're just... Oh, so racist.
2: Well, let's start with one of them. Let's start with the Apache chief.
1: Yes, Apache chief, you stole his land and you, you made him big.
2: And he even spoke like—I mean, he even spoke
1: like you know a Native American Indian, just with that you know—you know him go over and he, me grow. I mean, it was bad. many moons ago. Superman, planet blow up. It was bad. It was—it was horrible. And the fact—the fact of the matter was—is that in order for him to activate his power, he'd have to say his name. Was it Enecchuk or whatever? No, he would just say Apache Chief. I thought
2: it was Enecchuk. It
1: might Well, be. you know, we'll probably get emails. We'll get emails on that well, I'm sure that someone will complain about it. I'm sure. Uh, so you have Apache Chief. You have El Dorado. El Dorado, I remember him. He was the Mexican one, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was the Mexican, of course.
2: Um, what was his power? Didn't he, like, couldn't he, like, teleport himself? Or yeah, invisible? It, it had nothing it,
1: to do with being Mexican. I
2: remember, actually, when they actually had the cartoon when they brought him in, they hardly showed him. I remember one time you'd see, like, the intro, and they show him, like, you know, doing his thing where he'd do his little cloak and disappeared, but I remember every episode I watched, I think he was in it twice. Um, if, if that. Like, he... that's how much I really didn't care.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you had the samurai. Ah, samurai. You gotta love the samurai, because he was a Japanese guy yep.
2: with a uh, sword. And the funny thing was, you know, he had the whirlwind power, and he was always kind of the smart one, too. Yeah. Because they always make it out that Asians are smarter than Americans, so... Every time he would do something, he was always the kind of the leader at the time. Or he was always, kind of always
1: fixing the computers. He on, solved uh, the pro- and, he yeah. always solved the problems. And that leads us to Black Vulcan. I mean, seriously, what can we say about Black Vulcan? That probably hasn't already been covered on Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law.
2: Um, basically, a costume looks like a bathing suit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the guy that you have to feel bad for when you really think about it—who is the absolute loser in the DC universe who could not be on that this Saturday morning cartoon show? was Black Lightning.
2: Right. Well, because that was the original character. Wasn't Black Vulcan kind of written for the cartoon or something? Yeah,
1: he was. I mean, identical powers. Um, pretty much they both talk jive. And the other thing, too, is that they were both identified solely by their name. They are Black Vulcan. Vulcan. You know, exactly. I mean,
2: I mean, you can't get any more stereotypical than that. I no, mean, you, you can't. can't. And, you know, you get the jive talking and all that, and... It wouldn't go through today. You know, no. That, well, I mean, it shouldn't have.
1: Well, here's the thing it shouldn't have gone through before that. No. Seriously. I mean, there was one great thing, and this is a little off topic, but it has to do with Black, uh, Black Lightning. Um, back in the early 90s that When they killed Superman Saturday Night Live Did this really good Funeral of Superman Oh I remember seeing that That was pretty funny And Sinbad And probably one of the only Funny things I think He's ever done uh, Played Black Black Lightning That's
2: right no, it, was, it was like who? <laughs>
1: who? Yeah I'm Black Lightning uh, me, me and Superman Had a comic book Back in the 70s <laughs> And at the end, they kicked him out of the funeral because he was like stuffing shrimp into his pockets and stuff.
2: No, the fighting was actually Black Lightning's costume looked a lot better than Black Falcon's. At least he had pants.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It looks like a swimsuit, and he had like those those crappy little like lightning bolts yeah, on like, the top of his mask. It was like a flash rip off. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So let's uh, let's take a minute to actually talk about racism. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Dante Hicks is just like you he loves grape soda I have this book called The Big Book of Racism oh, by,
2: you were showing that to me earlier yeah the
1: um, it's, a, it's a book by a comedy group called um, Ego Trip mm-hmm. and they have a section in that called What I Learned About Non-Whites by Watching Saturday Morning Cartoons okay and uh, the first thing they cover is the Chan clan.
2: Oh, I remember the Chan clan. Wasn't that Charlie Chan and a bunch of, like, little kids that worked for him or yes, something? Yes,
1: yes. He had his uh, number one son in the um, in the old movies, and they must figure that he must have more than one child, because I-, I-, I guess the Chinese like to fuck, I guess. <laughs> Charlie Chan gets around. <laughs> so we had like, seven kids, each one just a uh, deteriorating, just... Stereotype of the Chinese. Oh. I mean, if you if you think back to uh, the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's and and um, Mickey Rooney right. with like the big buck teeth and the crossed eyes and the the L's and the R's.
2: You can't get any worse than that. Yeah, you yeah. really can't.
1: There is a little piece of trivia from that, though. Guess who played one of the daughters? Oh. Jodie Foster.
2: Jodie Foster.
1: Jodie Foster.
2: Wow, that's that's pretty. I don't know what to say on that one actually I you really don't, know. all
1: I can say is I'd probably shoot Reagan too if, uh, if, if my idol had done something that horribly that's true, that's true. yeah um, another one that they covered were the, the super globetrotters
2: oh, I remember the super globetrotters it wasn't like basically when they get to the superpowers one of them pulled a basically a locker out of his afro because yep. it was big enough to hide the thing mm-hmm. they jump in change come out and now they're the super globetrotters and that, what was cool about that was Curly Neal his head became a basketball yeah how cool
1: is that? Well, the only thing cooler than that for for uh, Curly was that whenever they would drive anywhere, they, the the bus driver was kind enough to drive slow enough that Curly could dribble a basketball out the window.
2: That's talent, man. That's Curly.
1: That, that is Curly. Curly's that is talent. <laughs> um, another one that they brought up, and this is one I I really remember because it was one of those once the summers hit. And all you had were the reruns of the cartoons. You switch over to another channel. In this case, it was ABC. Mm-hmm. And um, it, w- it was The Adventures of Plastic Man.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember Plastic Man. That, was, that was a great cartoon, but at the same time, it was goofy. It, at the same time, it was pretty bad. And there were some pretty bad characters in that, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was um, one character in particular uh, called Hula Hula. Oh, yeah. Who, oh, yeah. I had, to, I had to think about that one
2: for a minute. Yeah. He...
1: Um, he pretty much just embodied what we, as, as white people, would assume um, a Polynesian would be. Clumsy yeah. uh, speaking in Chinese cookie proverbs. And I guess the weather always sucked in Hawaii, too, because they just always had like this, this dark rain cloud over his head. Right. Um, yeah, so... Not 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 good. I mean, it just set us back. As a it's kind of like going back in that little
2: Chris Rock skit. We're there, but we're not there. Now we're gonna go take <laughs> 10 specs back, back, you know. And I think I think that skit
1: kind of fits this whole thing. You know, cartoons have set us back. You know. Yeah, cartoons have definitely set us back. Um, before we continue, I just wanted to let you know that we actually got a um, nice little audio message from our buddy Gundam Guyver, i.e. Mike from CC. Yeah, and he um, he had a couple of words to say about uh, his favorite Saturday morning cartoon. So let's uh, let's send it over to
0: Mike. Alrighty. Hey geeks, Salad Crew, Gundam Guyver here, also known as Mike from CC. When Andy mentioned a Saturday morning cartoon show in the last episode, I knew I had to be a part of it. I may not remember much from the early 80s, but the mid-to-late 80s and early 90s were big Saturday morning cartoon times for me. Now, I only have a couple minutes, so i will cut right to the chase. First, there was Garfield and Friends, hour-long episodes full of two Garfield segments and one U.S. Acres segment. Now, the U.S. Acres segments were fairly hit or miss, with Orson the Pig being a little too preachy at times. But I can't recall a time when Garfield wasn't very entertaining. Then there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, purists will argue that TMNT was started by an indie comic book. But for me, the Turtles first came from their Saturday morning cartoon, where they battled Shredder, Krang, Bebop, and Rocksteady. Personally, Raphael has always been my favorite. Then there was Captain N. the Game Master in 1989. That was, by far, my favorite show that year. However, it really doesn't stand the test of time all that well. I thought I struck pay dirt when I found the first episode online not long ago, but instead, I just watched it dumbfounded that this was the same show I remembered so fondly. Why did Mega Man sound like he smoked 20 packs a day? Why did Kid Icarus have that really annoying voice? And why did they need a dog to be in the show? Yet another childhood memory cruelly shattered by reality. 1991 brought us the extremely entertaining adventure epic, Pirates of Dark Water. I remember happily coming back week after week to see Ren and his allies try to recover the 13 treasures of rule and save the planet from the Darkwater. Sadly, and as networks seem to do with too many quality shows, Pirates of Darkwater was cancelled before it could conclude, meaning they only found about half the treasures. Finally, I come to a real gem in probably my favorite non-anime cartoon of the 90s, Darkwing Duck. Now, Disney came out with a bunch of cartoons from the mid-80s to the 90s that I remember fondly, such as Gummy Bears, DuckTales... And Chippendale rescue rangers, but for me, Darkwing surpasses them all. A wonderful little satire of masked crime fighters. I even found Launchpad to be more tolerable here than he was in Ducktales. Give me the terror that flaps in the night any any day. Well, that's it for me, at least for now. Mike, Andy, back to you.
1: Thanks a lot, Mike. That is just that. That's some good stuff. You covered oh, a lot great. of good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, realistically, all my my favorites kind of come from the old video game. Yeah. Just based on who had the best weapons. So Donatello. Donatello or Leonardo. And if you lost
2: Donatello, that was it. And that game was hard. If you ever had a chance, watch the angry video game nerd do that one. But I think the other thing was, speaking of video games, was uh, Captain N and the Game Master.
1: Oh. <sighs> now, did you ever watch that cartoon? Um, I watched it. Leadingly, because I was in college at the time and I didn't have cable in college, right. so whatever channels would come in, and every once in a while it would come in, but right. I mean, it's just
2: it's pretty bad. I mean, first off, the characters are nothing like the, the you know the counterparts, all right? And I think what uh, was it, Mike? Yeah, he, so he said it pretty stuck. It was stuck. It was pretty close. I mean, first off, you got you know Mega Man who sounded like a chain smoker. Yeah. Um, Basically, you want a punk kick, you know, a punk kick, basically, you know, kickerous to next year. Um, the other thing was Mother Brain pretty much sounded like, you know... It sounded like you know, Ursula
1: the Sea Witch from Little Mermaid. Actually, I thought it was more like Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. Like, you know, feed me, I'm the Mother Brain!
2: You know, that's that's kind of how it sounded. But, you know, it's like, you know, Captain had a cool weapon. He had the zapper and the little thing on his belt. You know, the little controller and the paws and all that stuff. And that was kind of cool. But other than that, the cartoon was bad. I mean, the worst part was Simon Belmont. Yeah, let's go into Simon Belmont for a minute. Now, if you played the Castlevania games, you know, Simon Belmont was like, you know, in this, you know, what's it 16th, 17th century, early centuries, you know, he's a warrior, he wears armor, or like, whatever. And in the comic, they basically give him the big-ass chin, the yellow hair, the shit-eating grin. But then he's wearing a bomber jacket, goggles... Like he's like a, like a, I don't know like a bad pilot. He's like oh, I'm Simon Belmont. And little you know teeth go ding. You know <laughs> it was pretty bad. You know that was just was bad. I think they brought Game Boy in for one point two and
1: and then that was, then it was much Mercifully it. killed. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> anyway, um, we'd like all of you to take a cue from Mike and send us your own audio clips. Uh, we pretty much can almost guarantee that they will be played on the show, but I'm not going to guarantee. I'm not going to uh, edit it down for time consideration. Right. So send us your one or two. Uh, minute MP3 or WMA file to our email address, geeksalad at yahoo.com, and just let us know who you are, and we'll be happy to play that. Absolutely. All right. Um, earlier in the show, I had mentioned that I, I had started a list of all the stuff that we were going to cover. Right. And we kind of broke a, it down different categories. And it, right? was, it was a huge list, yeah. And... When I had come back, I'd seen some add-ons. Now, these are add-ons that Autumn had put on there. Okay. And kind of had talked to a few other people, her sister, mm-hmm. uh, some of her friends, about what we we should include on this list. Okay. Um, I would be remiss, actually, if we didn't ta- take a minute to talk about the Smurfs.
2: Okay. So, are we basically going into, uh, you know, cartoons for the ladies?
1: Cartoons for the ladies, exactly. <laughs> right, and- um, I mean, the Smurfs... We actually said quite a bit about the Smurfs in our last podcast when we were talking about ColecoVision and the Smurf game and how the hell they managed to number in the hundreds when anything, a fly just flying by them would would just kill them. Yep. And, I mean, the show itself, it wasn't a bad show. I actually made time for it in my schedule for about the first year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a cute little show, it it shows us that communism works. Yep. (laughs) Um. Here's the funny thing, and this was always covered in in Toy Fair magazine, is uh-huh. what Gargamel's end game was by right. capturing the Smurfs. Did
2: he want to eat them or something? He actually
1: wanted to turn them into gold. Oh. Okay. But I think that just because every villain at that time, their their main goal was to just eat whoever they were gonna get.
2: Right. So why wouldn't Gargamel be any different?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you have a favorite Smurf?
2: Did I have a favorite Smurf? Well. Not really. Actually, you know, Hefty was always kind of cool. You know, Hefty
1: was always the tough one. Hefty was the one to get the tats. Absolutely. You know, he was he was a badass of the group. Yeah. You know, he just
2: beat the shit out of you.
1: Yeah. Um, what about you? Oh, that's that's an excellent question. I I really don't know. Um, I love the fact that if if the censors had allowed it, essentially Papa Smurf would, would curse at these guys. Oh, absolutely. Just knowing that he is their intellectual. Just, God, well, compared I think, to them. I think
2: the best part where he would have cursed is the old, you know, "Are we there yet, Papa Smurf?" Not far now. You'd be like, "Shut the fuck up!" You know. <laughs> I think that would have been just kind of classic, right there. Right. Um, least favorite Smurf. Least favorite. Uh, I don't know. Jokey was kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, Jokey was kind of annoying. Um, I always hated Brainy.
2: Yeah Brainy was kind of annoying too Because
1: if I were any other Smurf in there I, I would have put one of my apple sized feet Up his apple sized pucker You
2: know I was just thinking who Brainy reminded me of It just hit me now Dwight Schrute. <laughs> he was the Dwight Schrute of the Smurfs. I mean, it was Schrute Smurf. I don't know. Maybe we should call him that. Because he was always basically saying he was the best, he was intellectual, and you know, Papa Smurf always had to put him in his
1: place. Yep. yep. It really is
2: kind of like The Office. <laughs> that was my only reference. Yeah. Well,
1: we can't talk about the Smurfs without talking about the Snorks, which oh, yes. um, are really just a pale rip-off. The
2: underwater retarded cousins. I like yeah, to call
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Realistically, it just... I think that they had a little more of a bead that they were... in An entire community, they were kind of embodying just a regular human culture versus, you know, right. the communes of, of the Smurfs. Right. But, uh, I mean, realistically, I don't know what a snork does.
2: No, I mean, that, you know, those blowholes in the top, you know, you could think of some dirty things of those things. Well, yeah,
1: which is funny, too, because they kind of, like blow out air when they were excited. Right.
2: Like, hoo-hoo! <laughs> you know,
1: I, I, this is one of the reasons why I failed marine biology in college, because I just, I couldn't be bothered by learning about the, uh, snorks mating habits.
2: Did you learn about that? They
1: actually had a class? No. Okay. Well, if it isn't the leader of the wiener patrol boning up on his nerd lesson. Um, a couple of other shows that were on the, uh, list were, um, the Get Along Gang and Shirt tails.
2: Didn't you confuse those? I did.
1: And um, it, it, here's my defense. Okay. They're both cartoons yep. about a happy-go-lucky gang of animals okay. who wear clothing. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, you had like, you know,
2: the Shirt tails, Basically, the thing about the Shirt tails was that their shirts would say something like, I'm excited, or I'm happy, or they put a little heart if they fell in love. And then, of course, you had that one, you know, orangutan that was bogey, a.k.a. Humphrey Bogart, so you would always say sweetheart and all that stuff. And
1: yeah, because that's just what kids want on a Saturday morning during their sugar high, is yeah. a Humphrey Bogart impersonation. Well, the thing is, though, how
2: many kids back then would really known who Humphrey Bogart was? Right. You know, I mean, we do, but
1: then again, who, you know, what eight-year-old, seven-year-old, six-year-old would know? Well, the funny thing about the Shirt tails also is that it's a, um, it, it's kind of picking up on a trend. That uh, was was huge in around the mid '80s, which was those T-shirts with words on them. Right. You know, you could have anything that you wanted printed up on that, and that was that was kind of like your mission statement. Right. Because um, I remember back in the old days, after I had gone away from cartoons to listen to uh, to watch wrestling, only Anderson had that shirt. Damn, I am that good. Oh God. <laughs> He would have made an awesome shirt tail. He he was hairy enough.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Of course, he probably wouldn't have sold and jobbed or anything like that. He'd probably stay home. He was so freaking lazy to begin
1: with. Um, But the Get Along Gang was one... not 100% familiar with. I think we watched a few episodes um, when it was my sister's turn to watch something. I saw
2: it once when I was a kid. and It uh, was like one like movie or something like that, and then that was it, then that was the series, but I never really watched it.
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially the crux of the get-along gang, it's a, it's a bunch of kids who just are do-gooders. Yep, one's, and...
2: a, one's like a moose, the other one's like a fox, and they all dress up in clothes, like you said before.
1: Yeah, I, I what I love is that all of these, these kid shows that have animals as their protagonists Always seem to mix up all these different types of animals that, in the real world, would destroy each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, seriously. But that's uh, why they're the get along
2: gang. Okay, they, they all get along and they're happy. And see, they can throw away their ties. Oh my kid They just you know. I just will show the real get along. I will. Gang. I
1: will throw away my my instincts. Yes. To play basketball with you. Absolutely. And I will let you shoot first. <laughs>
2: Because I'm a happy and we get along.
1: Okay. Uh, another one that actually kind of mixed into that vein, and from what I remember, is actually a pretty solid show was the Wuzzles.
2: I never saw the Wuzzles. So. All right,
1: that was um, it was kind of around the end for yeah. me. Um, I, I remember that they really were kind of tongue in cheek with a lot of their humor. Right. Uh, they had a narrator who was very. They didn't resort to puns, right. which is something I just, I just can't fucking stand about. Anything geared towards children is
2: the need for puns. Well, I think it's a lot – again, it's over the kids' heads. I mean, unless you're trying to get maybe the parents to watch,
1: it's over the heads. But, I mean, they would they would do a lot of just kind of like really bad um, stand-up comedy. Right. You know, that that's that's what the narration was. It was just the, these punchlines that – you know, as an adult, I wouldn't find funny at all. But, right. you know, as a kid, they actually are pretty funny. Uh, they're pretty clever. I do remember one. They were they were putting on a play. Okay. And it the dress rehearsal went, like, just disastrously. Okay. And the narrator says, Well, they always say that a bad dress rehearsal means a good performance. And uh, you know what that means. This show's going to be a blockbuster. Oh, God. Yeah. It was cute at the yeah. time. Um there was one that just we, we have to cover as well, just due to popular demand. It's not one that I watched, okay. uh, but I ate a whole hell of a lot of them. Were gummy bears?
2: Ah uh, yes, gummy. I used to, I watched gummy bears. I did watch gummy bears a lot, and um, I used to love that cartoon action as a kid. You know, it was kind of cool. I mean, they were cute, and you had the two kids that you know discovered who they were because they were secret and all that stuff. And and of course, they had the old gummy juice. Yeah, where if they if the gummy bears drank it, they bounced. But if a human drank it, all of a sudden they become Superman and have strength for about a minute. Ah. So every time it's funny, the kid would drink it. All of a sudden, okay, I'm going to lift something. Oh, no, I lost my power. You know, (laughs) it was always at the most
1: inopportune time. Kids you know? seem to lose their ill-gotten powers at the worst possible time. It, oh, it's not a good time to teach a lesson, right? Really about like the responsibility of power when you're when you're holding you know, like two tons over your head. You know, it's like when Spider-Man would lose his web shooters at the worst time. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna get him. Oh no, I ran out of fluid. You know. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the gummy bears actually wore later right? I think they did. Okay, so they, they were actually kind of portraying them as Jamaic, right. as,
2: yeah.
1: as, their, as their yummy candy But it did have details. Garfield's
2: voice in there. One of them was Garfield's voice. I think it was the fat one. So. Lorenzo Music? I think yes. Yeah. Great voice.
1: Yes, very, very, it was very a great funny. Voice. Um, Interesting, and we, we're not actually going to cover the real Ghostbusters because it primarily started as an afternoon cartoon right. show. But did you know, Mike, that uh, Lorenzo Music did the voice of Peter Venkman? Yep. And the real Ghostbusters. Right. Peter Venkman was played by Bill Murray Okay, uh, in the movie, who then went on to do the voice of Garfield. Originated by Lorenzo Music in those horrible Garfield movies.
2: Man, that's almost six degrees. Yeah, you got Kevin Bacon in there.
1: It, no, it's it's full circle, my friend. Okay. It is just full. That does work though. It is, it is kind
2: of funny how that worked out. Yeah.
1: Um, the last one on on our list for the ladies is, and this is a, this one surprises me. Okay. That um, that Autumn actually wrote this down on there was Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yeah.
2: I would think that more of a guy's cartoon because of all the action and everything. And that's that. I mean, think about it, that. Was you know teenage you know teenage guys basically. In their basement, rolling a dice, you know, and one kid being the dungeon master, and sometimes it'd be a dick.
1: That would absolutely be true if it weren't for the fact that this Dungeons & Dragons had almost nothing to do with Dungeons & Dragons that we played.
2: Right, because you
1: got like all these, there were kids
2: in a roller coaster, all of a sudden got magic, sent to the magical realm of Dungeons yep. & Dragons. No
1: weapons, no swords at no. least. Well, one
2: did have a weapon. One, one of the kids had a, like a like an electric bow. Oh yeah, that was okay. so kind of counts. That's effective. But you know, the funny thing was, um, I remember there was actually a few voices in there. I believe Willie Ames was one of the voices. I also believe that Adam Rich. So we got two of the eight is enough gang. Uh huh. And Donnie Most. Wow. Was the voice of the
1: kid with the shield, the whippy kid with the shield. Really? Yep. That's interesting, and all of them would eventually reunite on Celebrity Fit Club.
2: I have to admit, I did find the girl that had the uh, the bow kind of hot.
1: Okay, you know that's that's fine. I mean, she, you know, it's
2: funny. you think it's, isn't that kind of inappropriate for a girl to be wearing something like that? You know, like basically a fur bikini.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, how many how many boys kind of became men looking at uh, Chitara <laughs> yeah, it's on like, Thundercats? It's
2: like, yeah, of course, it's like you know, Butter's going, "Hey, what's happening down there?"
1: <laughs> um, but the one thing, and I think this is why it endears so well to the ladies, is uni. The unicorn. Stupid
2: unicorn. Yeah.
1: Uni was just... He's what I call a dino buddy. He's not there to propel the story at all. He's just there to sell merchandise and get into trouble. And
2: you have to have that one annoying animal sidekick.
1: Yeah. Every cartoon at that time did have
2: some kind of annoying cartoon sidekick like that. Yeah, trust even, me. We
1: will get into that in oh, a little yeah. bit. And
2: I remember even like the Flash Gordon cartoon they had back in the seventies, the second season, all of a sudden they had this little dragon
1: compa- you know companion that was like the comic relief. It just <laughs> killed that whole show. Trust me. We're getting into our uh our shit list in a few minutes, oh, and boy. that we're gonna cover that. Um so anyway, let's let's talk about that shit, list. shit list. First of all, um there is one on this list. It, I have to put it on there because it wasn't very good. Okay. But I, I watched it religiously as a child, and that was uh, the Baseball Bunch. Johnny Bench. Yes, Johnny Bench. The great Johnny Bench. Because Pete Rose was apparently busy doing anything else. Johnny Bench proved, without a shadow of a doubt, that nobody should hire Johnny Bench to host anything. This is was just kind of dull. You know? Well, yeah great player though nothing against the player he was a great player but absolutely but this is why this is why he should just show up and make his appearances on opening day at the great american ballpark yeah and uh that's about it
2: yeah really i mean the show i mean you did learn a little bit about baseball it was almost like the bad news bears not bad news right and that's kind of what it was almost like a television show version of it which there was another one but that's another show
1: but i um I, i learned more about playing baseball and um MLB Power Pros on the Wii than I had watching about two years worth of the Baseball Bunch.
2: What, you didn't Walter Matthau didn't teach anything?
1: <laughs> Walter Matthau taught me nothing. But okay. how to drink. Right, and drive. there you go. There you go. Um, the thing with the Baseball Bunch is, as I mentioned, Johnny Johnny Bench is just dry delivery. Hey, Johnny, I'm going to hit a home run. Yep. Hey, Johnny, I'm going to slide in a second. Yep. Make hey, sure Johnny. you hit it that way. Hey, Johnny, I'm going to uh, call it to the bullpen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty dull
2: show. But again, like I said, if you're a kid and you like sports, it was perfect right. at the time. You had the baseball chicken. Yeah. Oh, yes, you
1: did have the San, the San Diego, San Diego chicken. chicken.
2: I mean, what more can you ask for? And who else was in the show?
1: Oh, you had Tommy Lasorda as the baseball genie. Didn't he always kind of interrupt at
2: the worst times or something like that? He always interrupted. It was like, oh, it's the baseball genie coming in again. Yep. What do you have to say to us today, baseball genie
1: And or the it, wizard or whatever he was? I mean, it's, it's pretty apparent at a very early age that... With Tommy Lasorda's agreement to do that show, essentially they would let him take a shot mm-hmm. after each take and then usually ran with either the ninth or 10th take. Because he is pretty well in the bag by the time they actually wheeled his sorry ass out to uh, to give advice about how to play baseball.
2: Yeah, also he says Vita Vita Benjamin, and then
1: we're really screwed. <laughs> there is one thing about the San Diego chicken I have to ask. Okay. They, he is the mascot of the San Diego Padres. Right. How does that make the chicken your mascot? That's a good one. I don't even know. Uh, I don't no answer for that one. If actually. If anybody knows, please let me know. I can mean I can understand um, stuff like, uh, like 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 the pirates got that parrot the pirates right. have that parrot. Okay. Um, you know, Wally the green monster yeah. makes sense because because we have the green from monster from the green monster. Monster. With the seats, But um,
2: yeah, I don't know either.
1: Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. But hey.
2: I don't even know either. I didn't really care.
1: Yeah, I was there
2: to watch baseball.
1: Yeah, another one that was on around the same time uh, was the Fantastic Four.
2: All right, now there were many incarnations of the Fantastic Four, and I have a feeling you're mentioning the really horrible one from the '70s. Yes,
1: let me let me shed a little backlight on um, on the story of the Fantastic Four cartoon series. Okay. Essentially, uh, the producers were worried that. The show was going to take off, which isn't a bad thing, Right. but that it would become so popular that kids would want to emulate their favorite characters, so they would, in essence, be setting themselves on fire by watching uh, The Human Torch.
2: Oh, see, I thought they were going to glue rocks to their bodies. <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about, but okay, I'm
1: Yeah, right. no, they're going to set themselves on fire just to uh, to show their love for the show. Um, so they replaced, um, they replaced The Human Torch with Herbie. Oh, the stupid little robot. Yeah. Yep,
2: I remember that. Yeah,
1: you can't tell me that, that that Star Wars had nothing to do to influence that. Probably not. All right, kids love robots. Put one out there. Yep. So essentially you've got Herbie, who is nothing more than a wisecracking dino buddy.
2: He does nothing
1: yeah, he, he really adds nothing to the Thing. He
2: might compute something, but that was about it. He but, had nothing to Well, he can't get offer.
1: chicks like uh, the Human Torch can. No. He can't make pithy comments like the Human Torch can. He's a bad role model, actually. He's Even a horrible the flames, role model. everything else. And, and the rest of the cast essentially fills out the stereotypes of how we how we see the Fantastic Four being. Right. Um, you know, the Thing the, is a big dummy. Yep. He's a, a poluca. You know, yeah, exactly. He's hot-tempered. Yep. He's, he's a little punch drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue is just a ditch. Uh, t- ditch. Sorry. dits. Yeah.
2: I mean, well, she just basically answers, okay, what did we say, Reed?
1: Yeah, and and Reed is just a sanctimonious douchebag. Right.
2: Now, the funny thing is, you go back to the Flame thing for me. I mean, there was the 60s version of the Fantastic Four, and that did have the Human Torch. You tell me that one kid lit himself on fire? Was there ever a controversy on that? I, I don't mean, believe any
1: kid actually set themselves no, on fire. No, right. Um, oof, yeah. So, um, also pissing on our childhood memories was, uh, droids and Ewoks.
2: You know, it's funny, I never watched either one of them because those were two groups that I didn't care about. If I wanted to see a Star Wars cartoon, I wanted to either see Han Solo blasting things or Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber learning how to use it. Those are yeah. the two things I wanted to see. I didn't give a crap about Seath Prio, R2-D2, Wicked...
1: Chief Chirpo or any other of the walks that were in there well and that was the thing with the Ewoks that I didn't quite understand is that they tried to establish this uh, hierarchy right. which, which kind of makes sense but I never for once got any inkling in Return of the Jedi that, that Chief Chirpa was ancient yeah um What they also had done is, you know, they took the cutest, most recognizable central Ewok, which was Wicket, gave him his own show. And magically spoke English. He he did magically speak English, and he had a girlfriend. Princess Nisa.
2: Well, at least it's a cute name.
1: Yeah, and she was written specifically for the cartoon. Right. You know, to to get the girls to watch the sci-fi. Absolutely. Which, it's just, it's amazing, because it's just... It's, it's just a terrible
2: show. But the funny thing is, I think it was actually on for like two years or something. That, it, the Ewoks one actually did well. The Droids one didn't do
1: well at all, but the Ewok one lasted about two years. And you would think that the, the Droids would do well mm-hmm. because it's robots, they can get into a whole bunch of different adventures. I can't remember
2: one thing, though. I remember, like, every year, you know, always say, you know, introduce the new cartoons or whatever. And I remember one year it was Tony Danza introducing the cartoons. And that was the year the Ewoks came out. And the theme song was like, We are the E, 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 Ewoks. And they kept doing that. And of course, Tony Danza goes, And now it's time for the E, 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 Ewoks. And I'm like, My name is Tony. And I think that was the first time as a kid I just kind of went, Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. probably the
2: first time I swore.
1: Um. Moving on, there was an annoying trend in, like, the early 80s to let us – just to remind us how awesome the 50s were. Okay. And what they would do is they, they managed a hiring coup and hired Wolfman Jack to kind of be the the voice of the ABC Saturday morning from between, like, I think 1979 to 1983. Right. Um, because he just totally emulates the 50s. Right. Uh which is amazing because I really think that a producer there thought that once the moon became full he could only be killed by silver bullets oh jeez <laughs> but what they would do is they um, they would have Wolfman Jack introduce the show so one of the centerpieces at the time was Happy Days as a cartoon
2: oh I remember that that was pretty bad
1: it was horrible um, uh, it had Fonzie yep and Richie and uh, Ralph Mouth and just, I think, the retarded dog sidekick. Right. And they had, like, this classic convertible, which whisked them through time.
2: So I think at the time, Gary Marshall thought he was a genius, so he took all his great shows and tried to put them in cartoon form, and that was just one of them.
1: Yeah, and it just, it has disastrous results. Yep. I mean, it's, it's no surprise to me that um, terminology from Happy Days is kind of signified when something just goes so horribly wrong on television. Right. And, um, that nothing could state more horribly wrong than the Laverne and Shirley show. Oh, that was even worse. Which took them out of Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, took them away from the brewery. And this, keep in mind, Wait a this minute. is whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep, keep no beer, no beer. Oh, forget it. Come on. Keep in mind, this is before Gary Marshall had the bright idea of moving the live-action Laverne and Shirley out to Hollywood. Jeez. Uh, so they had left the brewery to join the army, and their drill sergeant was a pig. He's like a two foot tall pig in an army outfit, oh, and yeah. he was voiced by Ron Polillo. Again? Ron yeah.
2: Polillo. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, Horshack fame. Horshack? Yeah. Uh, it, it was just another just abysmal idea because they just get into unfunny predicaments. Right. And usually they have to do something before the the their, their authority figure, which is three times shorter than them. Right. Gets angry. I don't know.
2: There's times, like, you look at these things. It's like, how do you make a cartoon out of, a, you know, a show that is really geared toward adults? Right. I mean, you can't. I mean, that was just that was just destined to fail.
1: Yeah. Or as kids say, epic fail or whatever that crap <laughs> is now. Um, but they always tried to just insert the 50s in it with one thing. Just that horrible, like, yakety sax. that said, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> which essentially just means that the 50s are coming. You better run. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Now, there was one other. They had Mork and Mindy, too, didn't they? That's right. There they was they a did. There that was
1: the um, the Gary Marshall uh, triumvirate there, yep. and that also was horrible because I mean the the show itself, the live action show, is cartoonish enough, yep. and Robin Williams back when he was funny, right. was a living cartoon, right. Uh, so boo all around Absolutely. to that. Uh, but you were bringing up how they could take a uh, take a concept and just throw it in a cartoon, right. Uh, Nothing kind of fits that mold more than Rubik, the magic cube. I remember Rubik.
2: He was like a little magic cube that came from space, and then three, I believe, um, Hispanic children find him, and one is basically a genius because he can change Rubik into his,
1: you know, perfect sides, and when that happened, Rubik came back, came to life. And became magic and would solve them from... Right. continually getting kidnapped. And guess who did the
2: voice of Rubik as well? Was that Ron Palillo? Ron Palillo wow. Wow. also did it. I don't know how I learned that one, but hey. I remember seeing it on the thing a couple of years ago. He, he got around in the 80s. He was pretty popular after Horseshack and being a pig sergeant and yeah. a cube. Yeah. But I think the funny thing about Rubik's Cube was, okay, like, if you've ever done a Rubik's Cube, it's pretty hard to turn those yeah. little things. Yeah. And I love the fact that if Rubik fell down a set of stairs or fell out of a car and hit, like, a bump, magically, all of a sudden, he was, like, totally messed up. Yeah. Not just, like, one little section. We're talking everything. And, of course, one of the kids was so good, he could put him back to place in, like, a minute. So the kid must have been a genius.
1: I don't know. I mean, he wasn't that smart if they kept getting kidnapped every week. That's by true. the same guy. Yeah, right. Um... Yeah, and the other thing with that too is it just teaches uh, our cartoon makers a lesson that don't capitalize on a fad right. because it takes at least two years for that fad to become animated and What's make next, it to TV. Setup?
2: What's next? What's That round one that made the chains. You know, they <laughs> made the chain one, the round one. There was like a ton of them out after that.
1: Yeah, just n- nursing off the uh, the Rubik' teat, as it were, in yep. terms of those hard to solve puzzles. Because we
2: can't bleed that one dry anymore.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, another one, and this really, I think this was, this may have been what turned me off of cartoons, which is ironic because what it turned me to was Saturday morning pro wrestling, okay. and that was Hulk, and, Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling.
2: Uh, yes, Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. That it, was pretty
1: bad. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to talk about um, how you shouldn't make a cartoon. And I was saying earlier about Rubik Don't make it out of a fad Right Don't make it out of A a, An entertainment property That Just changes on a dime From week to week Right Because by the time They finally got The first episode aired Uh most of them had either been fired or quit. Or changed sides, like went
2: from good to bad. I remember right. at that one point, it was after maybe like maybe 12, 10 episodes, Under the Giant joined Bobby Heenan and became a heel, you know, and tore the shirt off of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And I believe Roddy Piper was doing his Piper's Pit and liked Hulk Hogan. Hate he his face. It, it was kind of a whole change around at that time for those of us who watched wrestling right. we in
1: the 80s. Wendy Richter had already been fired. Yep. And she showed up because she was supposed to be like the female version of Hulk Hogan.
2: I think Mula went through her first retirement at that point too. So, you know, first of like what twenty retires.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It was just it was bad all around. And yep. the one thing that I really hated about it, because I mean, you and I have had conversations about this before. Yep. I was never a Hulk Hogan fan, even as a kid. See, I'll admit I was. But I was a kid, I mean you was, you know, I liked looking up to somebody. Yeah, he was—he I mean, was a
2: Superman. I look at him now, you know. You see him for what he is. But as a kid, I loved Hulk Hogan. You looked at him, you know. He was the type of guy who was a hero to you. You know, you saw the bad guy, he came in, he beat him. I mean, you felt good about yourself. He did, you know. He did training, the prayers, eating your vitamins. I mean, those are things that kids really did think about. Right. But you know, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where you know, not everybody. You know, you look at him now, and it's like, why would you like him? You know.
1: Right. I mean, he never took that belt off either. No. And they—they they didn't have the balls. To draw him balding.
2: Yeah. He had was, that
1: long flowing hair. Yeah, and he kind of
2: had a little bit of like a, it was it was kind of like a hairline, you know, a little receding hairline. That was about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know who did the voice. You should know who did the voice. He's from one of your favorite shows. Everybody Loves Raymond? Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett.
1: So, yeah. And, um, oh, well, how about, okay. Who did Junkyard Dog? Oh, uh, he was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It was. It what was, was uh, James Avery. James Avery.
2: <sighs> also the voice of War Machine and Iron Man.
1: Oh, the cartoon that in nineties. Yeah, yeah. We got around, but um, yeah. Hulk Hogan when he was popular, uh, he had his old buddy Mr. T, who also had his own TV show. Oh yeah, Mr. So T and the uh, the
2: gymnastic team. The gymnastic like team.
1: I just want to take a step back because look at what Mr. T's accomplishments, fictitious or whatever, had been at that point before the cartoon came out. Um, he had defeated Rocky Balboa. Okay, so he's clever. Yeah, it was Lang he was clever. He was clever Lang. Beat the holy hell out of out of Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. Wins the title, obviously loses again because it's right. a Rocky movie. So he goes to that. He goes to this, this Hulk Hogan. Um, at WrestleMania 1 and yep. they win. And he's just this big tough guy. Right.
2: Don't so, forget the A team too. I mean, oh, oh, you know, oh, that's right. The with Hannibal and Face and Murdoch, I mean, that was also the big show that really kind of got him going too. That was yep, the thing. Yep.
1: So he's exactly the first person you think of if you want to have your gymnast gymnastics team being chaperoned.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's marketable. He was mar- <laughs> at the time. He was marketable. You know, he's very marketable. Yeah.
1: But it's not like he could be, you know, chaperoning a, a pro wrestling team right. or a basketball team or a rollerball team or just something just something a little more badass than gymnasts. <laughs> I thought the best part was, remember the dog? Oh, Spike? Spike the dog looked exactly like him. He's a bulldog with a mohawk. No, no. What was even better than that was the ginger kid. But also, oh, yes. he had like one chain. One minute he would be, like speaking normal, then all of a sudden be like, "Ah,
2: peanut food!" This little kid, he's this little He had the freckles and the red hair. He was ginger, yeah. and he's trying to be Mr. T. It's like that. You are the farthest thing from Mr. T. <laughs> I mean, it's like go and sing that you know, treat your mother right song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what you know? What all I right. am happy though is that um, when they gave John Rambo his own cartoon, though. Oh, Rambo and the Force of Freedom. They didn't give him a kid sidekick. No. Thank God, because that kid would have been, like, short round. That kid would have been Vietnamese, and it would have just hurt in so many ways. It's just one of those classic... Things don't take an R rated movie and turn it into a G rated adventure fest. And You
2: can't do it with Rambo. And the funny thing about the cartoon Rambo was he actually sounded intelligent, it wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna kill you. You know, he wasn't talking like that. He was like, Hi, I'm Rambo.
1: You know, he's like, He had
2: this, like, I'm going, okay, Rambo's not that articulate. Yeah, if you ever seen the first Rambo when he's you know spouting off the Troutman, you know how unarticulate he was at the time.
1: Yeah, this isn't the same Rambo who did Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. No. A smart man would have avoided that one. Or
2: Tango and Cash.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know if you remember this one, because this really kind of came in early on for me. Uh, Was the Godzilla cartoon?
2: Oh, yeah. It was with a bunch of people on a boat, and they could like... Godzilla was, like, their friend, and they can, like, control him. If yeah. they hit a little button, all of a
1: sudden he popped out of the water. Yep. What, what? It wasn't so bad to have Godzilla, even though Godzilla was apparently friend to children, which we all know is Gamera's job. Oh, absolutely. Um, but Godzuki, his son... Oh, the stupid little... Again, it's the stupid little sidekick. It's the stupid sidekick who gets into trouble or gets kidnapped. Um, and I don't quite remember the name that the Japanese had given him. I sure as shit no it wasn't Katsuki. right and it's just one of those corny little things to get kids to watch it
2: right it was pretty bad Right. Now the other thing we forgot to mention, going back to Rambo another action star that also had his own cartoon, and that was Chuck Norris. Chuck
1: Norris had his own cartoon.
2: The karate commandos. Oof. I mean, you couldn't get any better than the karate commandos. And he even had, you know, the blonde hair and the stash. <laughs> Didn't have the beard though, just the stash. Just just the stash? Because that's well, Chuck Norris is a badass. That's all right. he needs. He, he doesn't need anything else.
1: You are aware that Chuck Norris doesn't read, right? He just stares down the book until it okay. gives him the information that he needs. Absolutely. Then he, then he kicks your ass. <laughs> That's all he needs to do, though. Uh, you know what show kicked my ass in terms of stupidity? Okay. Turbo Teen.
2: Uh,
1: Most of the shows that we've been talking about so far have had some kind of tie-in or some kind of... Premise. We're trying to sell something, something else other than the cartoon. Right. Uh, obviously, Hulk Hogan's trying to sell the WWF. Mm-hmm. Um you know, baseball bunch was just trying right. to sell as much skull as humanly possible. Oh, Mr.
2: T, trying to sell himself as well. I mean, as a product, and he's you know he's a role trying to be a role model too. So he
1: had a cereal, by the way, that was yep, based the off T's, that card. Yeah,
2: yep. it was in Pee Wee's Play
1: Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Peter the Fool, no, eat eat mom, the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Turbo Teen, especially when it came out, because it came out in the mid '80s, right after um, Congress had legislated that. Yeah, it was okay if you could make a cartoon that was doing nothing more than selling your product to a kid.
2: Well, set the premise for a second, okay? It's this kid that drives into some science lab, okay, if I remember correctly, and all of a sudden he gets zapped with a laser. Him and the car mold into one being.
1: This kid never read Marvel Comics, did he?
2: Absolutely not. (laughs) Now, the funny thing is, all of a sudden, you know, his, his hands become tires, his feet become tires. All of a sudden his ass becomes the trunk. But the creepy part was, and all of a sudden his face would stretch out into the hood, and magically he is now a Trans Am. Yeah, unless they're trying to sell Trans-Ams at the time, maybe that was the case. But again, dumb premise, wrong, dumb
1: wrong audience, and an adult would just look at that, and call it for the bullshit that it is. Pretty much. There is something funny though. If you ever watch Robot Chicken, they had a parody of uh, Turbo Teen. Oh, we got the crap beat out of something. Where he, what happened was he had accidentally turned into the car, yeah. and then these, these 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 people come running out of a sorority house, start having sex in his back seat, and then like <laughs> oh, another group no. of people have sex in his back seat. Oh. So then they leave and like these guys come and they steal all the tires and the seats and everything another group of guys just beat the crap out of it oh. with, with, with like tire irons and then this other guy is just totally shit-faced gets in the car crashes it into a tree wanders off they tow the car away and then he's crushed into a cube and at the last time before they finally just drop the final stamp on him he turns back into the kid
2: oh no <laughs>
1: Oh, and, that, that, and those stains don't wash out pretty easy. I'm, I'm going to have to try to find that so I can post <laughs> it on our MySpace page because be that funny. is that is hysterical. I think we should try to find that, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any feelings about Richie Rich?
2: I liked it. I mean, it wasn't a bad cartoon. I mean, at the time, it was funny, but, you know, he was a kid that had all this money and, basically, money was never an object. Yep. And, of course, Dollar had the dollar signs on his, you know... He was tattooed on was him, pretty which much is tattooed. animal cruelty. Actually, not so much because sometimes it would fall off. Oh yeah, and he had to pick them up and put them back on. So I think they were just maybe de- maybe like decals or something. Yeah, know. but they're pretty um, must have been pretty cheap.
1: But his um, his butler Cadbury Cadbury will always love Cadbury. show up at the opportune moment. If and this is a word to any international criminal who's trying to, to to make off with the rich fortune. Don't fuck with Cadbury. Don't fuck with Cadbury. But make sure that your entire plan is carried out prior to tea time. Because Richie Rich could be hanging by his ankles over like that of molten lava mm-hmm. and it would be tea time and Cadbury would like bounce in with like the, the tray with the cups and everything and beat the shit out of the bad guys. And maybe be on skates or something like yeah. that. You know, that was the funny thing. You know, I
2: think Cadbury, as kinda cool as he was for that time, he was also kind of the poor man's Alfred. Yeah, he was. He really was the poor man's Alfred. <laughs> then there was also Mr. Keenbean, who had all those great inventions that never really worked. Right. Or they always, he always screwed them up or something, so I remember that was always the...
1: Uh, how was the he on the rich payroll, by the way? I don't know. I or think maybe, that kind of incompetence was Unless would... that
2: would, maybe that was part of the Richie Rich industry. Maybe he was an inventor for the industry, and that's how they got all their money. I don't know.
1: I think he had pictures of Mr. Rich and Dollar. Ooh. Another one um, that I remember pretty well, and this this one kind of came early on for me, Mm -hmm. was that live action slash cartoon version of uh, Shazam. Okay,
2: well I mean there was two, remember there was actually the live action version where once he, well he'd see the cartoon versions then there was actually a full cartoon one that we were seeing where had him, Mary Marvel and um Captain Marvel Jr. there. Yeah, and they but all I, rode around in a van. Right, but I remember the live action one was he hit this, some guy who was like his mentor and they rode around like a, like a Winnebago that had the little you know thunderbolt in the front. But the funny thing was they had two actors playing Shazam later on and the funny thing about them is they were kind of ugly. Yeah. I mean, you think of a superhero as a good looking guy and I remember the second guy that played Shazam was like, he looked like he was 50. He's like, hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? The kid that played Billy Batson was a better looking kid. I mean, you know, all of a sudden it's like, this old guy with you know like like a like a dishcloth for a t- you know for a uh, that like, was yeah I remember the cape yeah we were about the cape earlier. yeah we were talking
1: about the cape earlier that I always thought that Shazam's uh, cape looked like a Bounty paper towel it really does it's like the quicker picker upper it's, it's not a full length cape no so he can't sit on it it can't get pulled out
2: it kind of like went back down like halfway down the back yeah and it, you know funny thing is it wasn't like attached like Superman's was attached to the back of his head the back of his like you know, not his head but his back of his um his costume but his was just kind of just. Around his neck. Yeah. And we'd get, like, caught in the front, you have to kind of twirl it back around, hold on a second, you know. But <laughs> that was always kind of funny. Oh,
1: it's terrible. Um...
2: That filmation stuff, I think, the live-action filmation stuff, I think.
1: It was just... It was a step above, like, Sid and Marty Croft. Right. In terms of, of the actual quality and the lack of needing to be high in order to enjoy it. Yeah. You didn't have to be as high to watch Shazam as you would, say, HR right. Puff and stuff. Right. Um... Here's one, and we, we kind of alluded to this last week as well, was the Saturday Supercade. Oh, that was the one with all the basic the video games of our time. It was Pac-Man, it was Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. it was Qbert, and it was Pitfall Harry. Yep, and I think Frogger was added in there later. At some point, and, yeah, and Donkey around, Kong, the, and around, around the Jr., end. So
2: those were, it was a bunch of cartoons, basically the big cartoon names of the time.
1: Right. Um, Pac-Man was kind of setting it around like a Honeymooners type Thing he right. you know he had like the little pork pie hat yep. and this Pac Man were there and it was just kind of creepy and the dog and the cat chomps and like
2: sour puss yeah. Like yeah
1: well the, the thing that always th- I found funny about that too were the villains were not really the ghosts no. the ghosts were kind of henchmen
2: yeah
1: uh, I don't even remember what the guy's name no they were he like, like a
2: guy in a big like you know like you like a, like a head and you just had like the the big robe he was a
1: big tall guy who had like his 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 mouth was covered but I imagine that he looked a little bit like the uh, like the keyboard player from Night Ranger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look that one up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and he just would get foiled miserably all the yep. time, but it was one of those things where they didn't have enough imagination to come up with another villain. So every week, same thing. Right, just another thing. The funny thing about it was, like, if I remember correctly, Pac-Man was like the security
2: guard of the power pellets' trees, <laughs> and they were trying to steal the power pellet trees, and they always, you know,
1: let me eat one, and I'm going to eat you. you yep. Um, now, the thing I loved about Donkey Kong, uh, you know, Made I made this no secret that Donkey Kong is probably my favorite game of all time. Yep. is that they always had to find like some kind of instance where uh, barrels would come into play. Right. And that Donkey Kong would actually have to throw the barrels at Mario. Yep. <laughs> Just like Aquaman, like every time the Super Friends had to find a, a mission that Aquaman could do. Oh yeah. They, it would always have to be well. Oh, uh, we can't really solve this crime unless we're five feet away from water. So
2: Aquaman. You're useless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's how Donkey Kong works. The right. one I never really quite understood was Hubert, because Hubert was set in a high school. Yeah, they were like, leather, was like a leather jacket. Yeah, with a big Q on it of yeah, course. Yeah, and I think
2: he wrote, you know, the little discs that used to fly up to yeah. get away from Coily. Those are kinda like his little like his like skateboard or something like that. Oh, so yeah,
1: it was pretty bad. Terrible. Pretty bad. Terrible. Any cartoon revolving around um, people that are way too mature right. or way too old to be in high school. Right. Just avoid them if you know that premise that it takes place in a high school. Avoid the hell out of it. Yes. Uh, Hero High. Yep.
0: Hero which high.
1: was again a part live action, yep. part cartoon. They teamed it with Shazam at some mm-hmm. point. Just you know, hey, we're superheroes and right. we're in high school. It wasn't even like uh, Hero High. Right. Or not Hero High. Um,
2: yeah, not Galaxy High.
1: What was the one with Tim Allen? No, not Tim Allen. That was Zoom. That was awful. Yes, that was awful.
2: Um,
1: oh, so Sky result. High. Sky High. Sky High. Sky High, because they were learning how to right. use their powers. And they really didn't get a good chance to learn how to use their powers right. in... Uh, at Hero High, they just went on adventures yeah. with their already developed powers that were never explained to how they got them.
2: Right. It's kind of like Galaxy High, too, which is basically two human kids or exchange students in this, you know, inter- international,
1: like interspace high school, and they were like, you know, win with aliens and stuff. Same idea. <laughs> um, now, you had mentioned one when we were putting the show together, called Jason, a Star Command?
2: Oh, yeah, it was that and Space Academy. They were both in one of their filmation live-action serials. I was like, chapter one, you know, whatever. And I remember two of the actors, a couple of actors I actually remember, Space Academy actually had Jonathan Harris, the great Jonathan Harris. Yes, I'm also a member of, you know, Dr. Smith of Lost in Space fame. Anyone with even the faintest understanding of galactic phenomena can see that this planet is girdled by some sinister and unquestionably fatal contamination. Who basically had a bunch of you know young kids are all space recruits or whatever. So he was like the commander, but then Jason Stark, Command was like in, like a sequel to that. It was like a different premise, same galaxy but different premise. And what he was, he was like this you know hero, kind of like Han Solo. It was kind of like a Han Solo ripoff. He was this little robot helper, and Sid, ha- Is Sid Haig was that yeah. his name? He was the villain. <laughs> okay, he was bald. was the villain. He had this big eye patch thing, and the commander. in that one was James Scotty Dwan. Wow. You know, and it's it's pretty bad. He was the commander of the one. They had another guy who was all dressed in blue. I have it on DVD somewhere. much. i let you borrow it. <laughs> it's, I remember watching it as a child, and I watch it now, and I'm going, this was pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of pretty bad, Sport Billy. Sport and Billy. Sport Lily.
2: Wasn't Sport Billy the uh, kid from, like, Olympus, some, like, Special the Olympics p- planet? The
1: planet of Olympus.
2: And he got the magical bag of a, a basically, you know, he was like the Casey Jones from, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah, he'd have, like, this magic satchel, with ha- which had whatever piece of equipment he would need to be a good sport. Right. Like and a- there was a witch that was kind of, like, the bad sport, teaching yep. kids how to cheat. And um, I, it was, I, I was reading a review on uh, Toonpedia about it, and they were really just questioning... Why does she need to go to Earth to teach people how to be bad sports? Can't she just do that on her own planet?
2: Well, the only thing I can think of is not to overanalyze this because it's sport Billy, but maybe it's because that you know there are a lot of bad sports and she wanted to manipulate that. Right. Why do I care? Okay, right. This, on. this
1: was during the this is during the early early 80s though before right. we realized that half of the Pittsburgh Pirates were on cocaine and <laughs> yeah
2: but and you know, the funny thing about that was they always had those little lessons at the end. Anything filmation always had that little today's episode we learned about this you know and that was always the funny
1: thing yeah um now here's one and i i guarantee you will not know it, this one that i'm talking about i can't find this anywhere i can't find it on imdb okay. i can't find it on youtube i can't find it anywhere uh, th- i watched this um my freshman year of college and i'm pretty sure that it was more like a regional show mm-hmm. i was i was down in north carolina so uh it, i think it was definitely a regionally produced show It was called chip and pepper
2: Chip and Pepper? Chip and Pepper. I don't
1: know that one. Yeah, with good reason. That ranks
2: right there with, like, the Uncle Floyd show, and that was, like, an offshoot. That it was, was
1: – yeah, and I think they kind of had it as that. There was, like, yeah. that that um, that peanut gallery of kids that were, were sitting in, in a circle yeah. and um, – their host was this guy who had an infatuation with bathrobes. So you already know where I'm going with this. This, this show is just going to blow. It's already
2: creepy. Well, first off, kids around a guy in a bathrobe, that's already kind of creepy.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the major premise of the show is that uh, there are these two surfing cartoon bulldogs. And they're, in fact, cartoons. They, they don't make any secret of that. They are cartoons okay. from another dimension. And they're stuck in our dimension where they're no longer cartoon bulldogs but two kind of dopey surfer dudes. And this was about... This was 1991, so it's about three or four years after the whole kind of surfer dude thing had gone out of style, and it was just... This show is just dog shit. No pun intended. They would kind of teach kids songs and games and they would do this goofy dance which kind of looked like they were doing the mashed potato except they had been drinking uh, paps for about an hour beforehand. But every show they would get a chance to go through their own little vortex and become um, these really poorly animated cartoon bulldogs. And all they would do is they'd make horrible jokes they'd surf through I, I am not making this up
2: all right, Andy. I want you to describe to the listeners the look on my face right now.
1: Um, Mike looks like De Niro right now. He, he's on William Regal right he's now. He's got like that, just that squinty. Like I can't believe you're telling me this kind of face. It is my hand to God, Mike. This show existed. I watched it on Saturday mornings in college when I was sober. Um, if if you don't believe me, I'm gonna have. I would drive you to drink, though. If, if you don't believe me, I'm gonna have to hook you up with my uh, my friend Erica. If you on find MySpace. one, I want to see it. I oh wanna yeah, see it. just
2: to see how bad yeah. this is. I, if anybody else has it, let us know. We'd like to see this.
1: My, my my friend Erica, who I went to college with, she would watch the show also. Okay. Uh, because uh, we had a friend whose boyfriend looked like Chip and or Pepper, oh. and he would do the dance, oh, and God. he would do all this, and he was just oh, dumber than a sack of rocks. He was just awesome. But yeah, I I guarantee anybody, please email me if you can find a YouTube clip of Chip and Pepper and send it to GeekSalad at Yahoo.com. I will post it on the MySpace page. I will sing your praises on the podcast. Please find me this.
2: That's pretty better. if you see any other cartoon clips of anything we else we talked about that we can't find, you want to show us just for fun, or you looked it up just to give us your thoughts,
1: definitely give it to us. Feel you know, free.
2: Absolutely. Feel
1: free. Please make a comment about that. Um, so that about wraps it up for our Saturday morning cartoon uh, show. I do want to take another moment to thank Mike for sending us that uh, great audio clip. And just that remind me. you... ...that you can also be part of the Geek Salad family. Send us a one to two-minute audio clip, either MP3 or WMA, to geeksalad at yahoo.com. If you just want to talk about the show, again, geeksalad at yahoo.com. You can visit our website at myspace.com backslash geeksalad, or just clicking uh, Geek Salad in the search bar. Or you can check out our podcast website at geeksalad.mypodcast.com. GeekSalad
2: and let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you, you know we want to hear... And if you have any ideas for some future episodes for us, we, you know, we'll know we take anything we can get and we'll see what we can do.
1: By all means, let us know. So until next time, I'm Andy. And I'm Mike. And don't sit so close to the TV and have a great day. That's
0: all, folks.